0: And welcome back to another edition of the Twins Wrap with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. I am Derek Hanson. brought to you by Jefferson Lions. Dick Bramer from Bally Sports. I got to get used to that, Dick. <laughs> but Bally <laughs> Sports North now. It's been Fox Sports North for so long, but now uh, Sinclair has officially changed the name, so I think we're all adjusting to that.
1: Yeah, it's going to take a little while for that to roll off our tongues, but uh, eventually that'll happen, too. We've had a lot of name changes over the years. Uh, from Midwest Sports Channel to Fox Sports North and now Bally Sports North.
0: Yep, that's for sure. And you've been there for all of it. So that is, uh, you certainly have seen a lot during that time too, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I got a lot of different golf shirts with different logos on them. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> as someone who's <laughs> worked at many different radio stations in this town, trust me, I'm right there with you. I, I, I think. <laughs> um, boy, tough one today. It's another one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda things.
1: Yeah, the Twins uh, have won three games, uh, two that they've lost. Uh, You could very easily argue they should have won the two that they lost, but those things happen in baseball. I think what we found out, unfortunately, is that the home team has a huge huge advantage in these extra inning games when a runner gets to second base, and uh, that's kind of what happened both in Milwaukee on opening day and again here today. Uh, Twins had their chances, though. They got their runner at second base, and Cruz followed with a single. Uh, first and third, and nobody out, but they uh, couldn't get the uh, right sequence of at-bats to get that uh, go-ahead run.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because, and I think you and I said this last year, when we, you know, I can understand a shortened season doing the, the starting the guy at the second base, but boy, I wish they'd wait till the 12th inning, not the 10th. I I think that would be a better way to go, but I could understand that. I hate the, I hate right away in the 10th doing it.
1: Yeah, and I think there's uh, hopefully a chance that that's uh, where this will evolve and settle at Uh, when it happened on opening day. Of course, you know, uh, people's opinions of the rule tend to change depending on the outcome on uh, your team. And uh, I was just reminded that, you know, it's, it's an okay way to win a ball game if you win it that way, but it's a terrible way to lose because, you know, my goodness, you know, Randy Dobnak on Friday threw three pitches and the game was over with. And Robles struggled, looked like he was poised to get out of the, the jam and send us to the 11th inning, but it didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not a – I wasn't a big fan of it last year, and uh, <laughs> given the way the season started. Uh, I'm no more of a fan of it now.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Boy, it's one of those things we always talk about as fans, the guy who comes back to haunt you, and there's probably not a nicer guy on the planet, but Robbie Grossman, he does it again for the uh, Tigers. It's nice to see him playing well.
1: Yeah, it was inevitable that at some point in this Detroit series, a former twin would do something uh, against the twins. Grossman drove in, two with a couple of base hits, and then Badu, the twins' prospect, who... Uh, by the Tigers, uh, finished the ball game. But my goodness, uh, uh, Wilson Ramos, uh, Jonathan Scope, and I'm missing somebody, but uh, uh, Nico Goodrum, uh, you know, they're all from the Twins organization and uh, they're all playing key roles for the Tigers now.
0: Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about just kind of how this, uh, you know, the health of this team. Unfortunately, what not seven minutes into the ball game, we have a situation here where we lose our third baseman again, and I don't know how Donaldson. That's just got to be frustrating for him. And you know, Byron Buxton's been out sick, and then he comes in late in the game and extends it to extra inning. So hopefully, these guys can get on, you know, all healthy. That's always a concern with this ball club.
1: That's what uh, I think the the uh, consensus was last year that it was really a successful year for the Twins because they were not able to put out the lineup that they had uh, imagined very often last year. And now, to your point, Donaldson leaves after a half inning. Uh, Cruz has to be a pinch hitter, not a designated hitter in the Milwaukee series. Uh, Buxton has to leave with uh, some digestive issues that thankfully cleared up in 48 hours. A rise yesterday left with an upper digestive issue and was back on the lineup today. So the good news is it doesn't look like any of it is serious, including Donaldson's hamstring injury. He took some batting practice today and will ramp things up in the hopes that he'll only miss a week and a half.
0: Has he said much about, I mean, these guys, I mean, he's a $21 million a year guy and I'm sure he wants to be out there all the time and he's had troubles with his calves. And I mean, is, is there any different approach he can take training wise? I'm sure it's driving him nuts.
1: Well, he has admitted even before the injury came up that uh, he is changing his running style to take some of the pressure off his calves, and it does put more pressure on the hamstrings. And wouldn't you know it? That's what it didn't blow out, but that's what tightened up on him on opening day. So you know, it's it's you know, it's one thing if you want to change and can change how you're doing something. To relieve some stress and strain on a body part, but if it puts more stress on a different body part and that ends up giving you problems, well, you really haven't gained much.
0: Yeah. Well, the one thing about my body, it just knows my big belly is stressing my back, and that's all it knows. So I, I know.
1: you, you, you lost your obliques about 30 years ago like <laughs> I did, huh? Well,
0: you, you're in a better situation than I am on that, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think all in all, though, I mean, like you said, baseball is baseball. You're going to have games like this, even the opening day game. But I, I like what I see from this team, and we, I, in my opinion, I haven't even seen the full charge of them yet.
1: Yeah, I think uh, what we've seen in the opening – games of the season has crystallized uh, that uh, Luis Arise can be a really good leadoff batter for this lineup, uh, especially when it is healthy. And we hope it is uh, because, uh, you know, he uh, very commonly has a six or seven pitch at bat, sometimes even longer. And then regardless of the outcome of that, at bat, the pitcher, the starting pitcher has to pitch to Donaldson. He's a patient hitter. Nelson Cruz is a patient hitter. So, uh, you know, you've got a chance to really run up the pitch count, even if you don't score any runs uh, with a rise as a leadoff batter. I think, you know, there's, you know, both catchers will hit, but right now both Jeffers and Garver are, you know, scuffling just a little bit. Brent Rooker having a hard time with the twins, uh, unable to have a rise in left field because they need them in the infield. So now we've seen a rise in garlic and they haven't really done much offensively. So no, has uh, not done much offensively other than his opposite field home run. But, uh, you know, when all of that does come together, and we expect it will, uh, this lineup is really going to be productive. And the most encouraging thing, Derek, is the pitching has really been outstanding.
0: Well, no question about that. And before we get to that, uh, I think, you know, the fact that Jake Cave can go in there and, you know, you lose a guy like uh, Eddie Rosario, but, you know, he can can be a – just a guy who gets on base, and he's 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 a tough out. Sometimes he may not always get a hit, but he's a tough out sometimes.
1: Yeah, and uh, Jake's been pretty valuable because the Twins uh, needed uh, somebody to man left field. He's been out there. He's been in center when Buxton hasn't been able to play. Uh, but he's off to a, a kind of a disappointing start. A couple of hits today, but uh, you know we know the, what Jake Cave can do. Um, you know, I, I think that you know one thing that will help this team. And uh, we've got one more game in Detroit coming up tomorrow, but I think this team will really have a chance to have a good home stand. And I think it'll help some of these hitters find their swings when they, once they can get into a routine, hopefully with batting practice and such, we'll have day games uh, because the twins switched to their schedule several weeks ago. So we'll have all day games again, but I, you know, this team is pretty good. They're three and two. They could be five and Oh, but I, I expect some of the hitters who are struggling will, uh, not be struggling anymore once they get home.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I'm, I'm anxious. They are. I mean, it doesn't look like it's gonna be as warm as it's been. You know, the past couple of weeks. Of course, that that just you know in time to get back to Minneapolis. But I'm sure they're anxious to get in their own setting. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, and you know it's always tough. I've always thought it was tough anyway to start the season on the road after spring training uh, because basically spring training, as nice as it is, you've been down there, but but you're on the road. You know, and and you're uh, sometimes taking long bus rides and all that, and you have it's a different routine than what you have when the regular season starts. Even if you have a lot of uh, day games when the season starts. So, uh, yeah, the hope is that uh, uh, once the guys get into a regular routine, that uh, some of the the hitters will uh, will come back around. I know this that uh, you know it's been proven again this year. Miguel Sano is a typically slow starter. Well, the only way he's going to break out of that is to play and uh, that's why he got a lot of at bats in spring training and that's why he's been in the lineup every day so far this year.
0: You mentioned it earlier the uh, pitching has really looked good and, and so far so good uh, You know, because I think we knew that Brios and Pineda and all these guys are going to be pretty good but the fact that you had uh, the other two guys Schumacher and Hap, I thought looked pretty good today they lost but I mean you know it's just it's I think one through five you can't be all that disappointed.
1: No, and, uh, you know, that's how regular season championships and all that are won with a good rotation, one through five. And uh, I think, as you said, we all expected Maeda uh, to be pretty good, and he was actually off a little bit, I thought, on opening day, but got into the fifth inning. Rios didn't even give up a hit. Uh, Pineda was outstanding in five innings. Uh, Shoemaker, really good for six innings, and half only four innings today, but you could. Even in his misses with his pitches, you could see, you know, what he was trying to do, and he's just not quite there yet because he got a late start because of the uh, positive COVID thing. So starting pitching's been really good, and the bullpen's been good, and and the hope is that uh, that will sustain uh, itself through the whole regular season, and this Twins team should be just fine.
0: What is your take on uh, taking Barrios out as early as they did? I know it's your former broadcast partner, and by the way, happy birthday, Bert. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I know how he felt about, it, and there's another hall of famer that, you know, you've worked with many times that, uh, you know, is most notable for our 10 inning game that we all talk about Jack Morris. And I've talked to him personally about this quite a bit. I just thought not only was it, you know, taking him out after hundred pitches, is one thing, but was it 87 or something like that on Saturday?
1: Yeah. But he was not going to get three more innings yeah. in, uh, with a reasonable first game, uh, pitch count. And so, you know, as sad as it was, you know, once the pitch count got up there into the eighties, there was no way he was going to get three more innings. in. so then uh, once they took the lead, they wanted to turn it over to the bullpen because that's what they believe in, that they've got a bullpen that can shut things down. Uh, And that's pretty much what happened on the second game of the year. So, um, you know, it's, if it were later in the year, and I think too, if, the score had been, uh, you know, a little more lopsided than one nothing. Uh, they would have done that. They would have left him uh, go, uh, go out at least for one more inning. But that's not the way it played out.
0: It's interesting because uh, Jack Morris, you know, he, he and I—this is way back in the Metrodome era, right? I mean, he used to sit by me in the press box, and the analogy he kind of used—and I'm paraphrasing here—but he said, you know, if you're going to run a marathon, you need to run all twenty-six point two, right? If all you're going to do is, uh, you know, prepare for it by running 5Ks, it ain't going to work. <laughs> now, you're talking about a guy who, you know, sparky had him pitch out there till he was dead sometimes in the 80s, but it is an interesting analogy. I don't necessarily disagree with it, but that's certainly not how baseball is being played right now.
1: No, and especially uh, you notice it in spring training uh, when uh, Jack would tell you that, you know, the the Morrises, the Bly Levin's, even the Viola's, Uh, were trained in spring training to come out of the chute and go nine innings. And Jack did that. He threw a no-hitter in his first start of the year against the White Sox. And and that's just not the way it's done anymore. And you can argue the merits of uh, the way it used to be or the merits of the way it is now. But there aren't too many pitchers who are trained physically in terms of their stamina to go – you know, eight or nine innings in the first start of the year. What organizations want is, you know, give me five, six, and we'll build you up. And, you know, why throw innings in April that might come in handy when you get to September and October?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I can't say – I don't know what's right or wrong. I just – I found it interesting talking to, you know, people who have been there doing it. It's hard for – I don't get many arguments with Jack Morris. Let's just put it that way, so –
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's just a different game now. Yep. And, uh, you know, back in the day, not that long ago, if a pitcher had a no-hitter for six innings, you had to leave him in. You know, you felt an obligation to him and the fans and, and his teammates and all that. All I know is whenever it happens, whether a guy's got a no-hitter or not, when, when someone is as dominant as Barrios was and they get taken out by their own manager, there's a tremendous sense of relief in the other team's dugout. We couldn't do anything against this guy for six innings, and now they're taking him out. We couldn't knock him out. Uh, and so there is a tremendous psychological lift, I think, to the other team when uh, you know a manager comes out and makes a move like that.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because I've seen how many games, even just when a guy maybe is pitching well, not a no-hitter, but he's pitching well. I was at a game, and you probably remember this, Jack McDowell owned the Twins one night. And, he, you know, they took him out after the eighth inning, and the Twins came back and won the game. I think it was Shane Mack, I think, might have hit a grand slam to tie it. And, yeah, that that you're right. I mean, if a, if a starter is dealing, man, you got to really think about taking him out. It's, it's an interesting. It can't be a very fun thing for a manager.
1: No, and I think it's what's happened over the years. It used to be just the, uh, the Twins, for instance, would be interested uh, and locked in on the pitch count of their pitcher. Well, now other teams, other managers, they, they're quite cognizant of it too and go, well, okay, Barrios, he's got 85 pitches, six innings. There's no way that we're going to, you know, uh, that they're going to leave him in. They're going to take him out. So then you start preparing for, you know, the relief pitchers you might face and all of that. So it's, it's a different game. I don't know that it's necessarily a better game, but you can't deny that it's a different game.
0: You know, it's funny, Tony Russo one time, I I saw him interviewed right when he went from, you know, he was at Oakland, then went to St. Louis, and they asked him about, you know, the double switch and all that, and which is, you know, because they always say, the, the mantra used to be that it was so much tougher to managing the National League, he goes, I like it because I know in about the seventh inning if I don't know if I should take the pitcher out, if it's his time up in the order, I know to take him out. <laughs> you know, I go, I put the pitch in, and I thought, well, that's not a bad perspective on it from a Hall of Fame manager, and I guess there is some truth to that, right?
1: Yeah, and I think managers who've managed in both leagues would tell you that they prefer managing in the National League more than the uh, American League because, they're, they're, you know, we saw it in Milwaukee, right, the game the strategy is so much more involved, but I think we all know that that's not not the direction that it's headed. No,
0: no, that's for sure. Finally, for you, Dick. Uh, just as we predicted, Kansas City three and one, Baltimore three and one. I mean, this it is funny. early in the season, we're just two series in, but that's what's great about the start of the uh, of each and every baseball season. You just never yeah. know.
1: Yeah, and it's so much fun for me, at least, and I suspect a lot of other. Twins fans just to be able to watch baseball games again and and uh, you know when you think of a year ago we weren't able to watch anything because nothing was being played but you know you do get first impressions and and yeah Oakland's 0-5 they're supposed to be pretty good right but they're 0-5 and uh, maybe the surprising team in that division the Angels look like they're going to be um, perhaps a lot better than some people think uh, but it is so early and and you know we're just a handful of games into the season it's just nice to have uh, wins to think about and also agonizing losses to ponder after they've happened. We've had a couple of those already, but I think this Twins team is going to be in real good shape again this year. Well,
0: I tell you, more than anything, I think you'll agree. Now, you've been doing these games from Target Field, but you're piping in natural sound. And, And me as a fan, whether I'm listening to you guys or Corey on the radio side when I'm out and about, to hear the natural crowd noise, you can really tell a difference. And it's just... It is so heartwarming. It, it, hope springs eternal, not only for these teams that have done well that we didn't expect to, but as a fan to hear that, I'm sure that's going to give you goosebumps on Thursday too.
1: Yeah, I, and then probably I'll get a little tearful too. There you know, have been some great moments on the road, great cow, uh, crowd reactions on opening day in Milwaukee and again today in Detroit when uh, the home team gets a walk-off win. But what I have noticed more than anything else is when someone hits a foul ball and someone either made a good play or botched it in the stands and the fans react. That was one thing I didn't realize that I missed it as much as I did. You know, fans booing or congratulating a fan who made a nice catch. Uh, Just all the the ambient sounds that are associated with baseball and uh, at least many of them are back again this year.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great point. Well, again tomorrow at uh, 12 noon to wrap up that three-game series against Detroit and then back at Target Field, and Dick will be there live, and I I just can't wait for it. Of course, will they have that game on Thursday afternoon here on KFGO? Dick, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday.
1: You got it, Derek.
0: Dick Bramer again, the voice of the Minnesota Twins on the TV side for Bally Sports North. And, Boy, what a couple of uh, good days of, of just baseball, as he mentioned, just to have Twins Baseball it was a disappointing loss today, but to be at work and be able to listen and, you know, whether it's on my monitor, my phone with the dick there, and I usually listen to Corey and, and Dan, however it might go, and, and that's the thing, I'm just honest with you, I'm a radio guy, but I bounce back and forth quite a bit, and I'm sure a lot of people do, if you're jumping in your car, maybe picking up your kids from whatever practice or thing that they have going on, it's so nice, and and uh, if you are able to get the games actually on your cable or your streaming service, whatever it might be, it is just so good to have Twins Baseball back with fans and that natural sound in the background, that's for sure. Tomorrow's game, again, on the fan. That's going to be 11.30 pregame show, 12.10 about is the first pitch with the final game of that three-game series with the Twins and Tigers, and then it's the Twins taking on the Mariners at Target Field, the home opener coming up Thursday afternoon 2.30 is the pregame show here on KFGO. Derek Hanson with you. That wraps up the Twins Wrap with Dick Bramer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. This is Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 7 ID and 104.7 KFGO.